This is Chicago's finest internet radio show, making a world a better place, one show at a time. The George Water Jr. Show is now on the air. Take it away, Dad. All right, everybody, welcome to the George Wilder Jr. Show. Thank you for tuning in. Thanks for listening. Thanks for being loyal listeners to the George Wilder Jr. Show. Uh, if it wasn't for you, there would be no George Wilder Jr. Show, and, and I honestly <laughs> mean that. All righty, it is um, back to winter in the city of Chicago, probably back to winter uh, to where you are in the world. We've had some really, really nice days, folks. Uh, a few days ago, maybe a week ago, and but now they're saying we're going to get back down into um, where it's supposed to be in January. Cold, right? But before that, before uh, a few weeks ago, a few days ago, I mean, people were acting, addressing. <laughs> I'm I'm watching them outside my studio, you know, in the middle of January, dressing like it was springtime or summer, because it was just so beautiful. Just the weather was just cooperating. It was so nice. Uh, in the 50s and 60s, in the middle of January, in the middle of winter, okay? And people were taking advantage of it. But now, you know, it's it's going to get cold again, so I'm um, pretty sure they're going to be breaking out those coats, you know? And uh, that's the way the weather is in the city of Chicago and some places around the world. I mean, it's it changes just like that, you know? But But I could see that a lot of folks, we could see that a lot of folks were just they can't wait for springtime. They can't wait for summer so they can decorate their bodies with uh, all kind of clothing uh, that <laughs> that winter has forbidden them to wear. Um, I mean, uh, uh, a few days ago, I mean, people were dressing like like they were going to the beach or something in the middle of winter. It was the weather was just nice. But now they have to cover up again. Some of them, some of them are diehard. They're not going to cover up for anything. They got something to show. They're going to show it regardless, freezing their asses off, even if it means getting the flu and dying from the flu. They just got to show their uh, show their stuff. But anyway, talking about the flu, this is really serious. This is something very, very serious. I, I think a lot of people who are dying from the flu, of course, you can, you could. the flu is always something that you could die from. Uh, that's that's why they give out these flu shots. And. It's astonishing that uh, so many people did not adhere to getting a flu shot before, before a week before winter actually started. Uh, you know, myself, we always get we we here we always get flu shots. I mean, I take I take them to the uh, clinic or, uh, or or some sort of event where they're giving free flu shots or low-cost flu flu shots, but we always get flu shots every year. And I, you know, but still in all, sometimes those flu shots aren't, aren't that uh, uh, protective against the flu. But, uh, you know, it, it's better having a flu shot than not getting a flu shot. And a lot of people, uh, uh, they don't give their, they will not give their kid a flu shot or children a flu shot because of their religious beliefs. That's that's crazy. Would you have? Would you rather for your kid to die than to have a flu shot? Some probably would say, yeah, you know. But that's them. But normal people, you know, like me, you, and um, some other folks, we should get our flu shots. I mean, this. I mean, this flu 
epidemic, this flu outbreak within the United States is just unprecedented. It never happened before. But so many people have died from the flu. The flu was something we used to think years ago. It's something you, you, you could, that you didn't die from. It was just something uh, that you just got. It's just something that came along with cold weather, winter, you know, and suddenly, you know, it was over. But now it is pandemic. It is serious. It is very serious. So, folks, if you haven't got, I'm hearing that if you haven't got your flu shot already, make sure you get out there and you get it. it it's there's still hope, <laughs> you know. But uh, obviously, there's going to be a long, long line and a long, long wait because a lot of people did not get their flu shots before winter started when they should have, and they're not here with us anymore. That's a shame. And, uh, you know, a lot of people are going to start taking winter weather a lot more serious. And I say this again, and I said this a thousand times. When you go out there and it's 20 below zero, dress for the weather. Put something on your head. You're not that cute. Winter, nobody's going to be looking at you. You got to cover yourself up because if you don't cover yourself up, you start coughing, you get the flu, you take it to school with you, you take it to your job with you, you're going to infect other people around you. You're going to get them sick. So there's so many places around now they're saying uh, if you have any symptoms of the flu to stay home, stay home. And there's some doctors saying if you, the flu, if you just got a slight uh, cold or a cough, they're saying to stay home because they're, they're being overwhelmed with people with flu-like symptoms at the hospitals and at the clinics. But you know what? I, I would say if you, got, if you feel that you have the flu and it's coming on, I would say go to the doctor because you don't want to wait till, it get too, till, till the symptoms are too far gone and then you, you're really, really uh, bedridden and you could die. So, you know, take this flu thing serious, serious. I, I'm taking it serious. I'm, I've had my flu shots. We've had, we've had our flu shots, but have you had yours? If you have not had your flu shot, shot and winter, winter is still here. We got February, we got March, May, maybe even April. Uh, and it's, it's still time to get your flu shot. You know, some flu shots are free. Others are very, very low cost. And if you have any type of insurance, uh, that'll be welcomed. I mean, you know, a few spending a few bucks, a few bucks to get a flu shot is is a lifetime investment. It could save your life. Too many people are dying from the flu. When they could, you know, just like too many people are dying from cancer. Too many people are dying from diabetes. Too many people are dying from heart disease and other illness that could be easily solved. You don't have to die from any of this stuff. Just take care of yourself, you know. All right, you've been listening to the George Wilder Jr. Show. My guest is Pat Obalski. Uh, Be nice to one another out there. It is so easy. The George Wilder Jr. Show is now on the air. We've been off for um, the weekend. <laughs> yeah, I've been doing some writing and and some other things here. And, uh, you know, it's, it's fun. It's fun. Um Talking to my son about college. Yeah, he's going to be uh, entering college this year, 2018. He's going to, uh, we're going to try and get him in a, first of all, we're going to try and get him into a two-year college. Right after high school, a two-year college. And then then if we're lucky, we're going to try a four-year university. But first of all, he before he gets to a four-year university, I feel that he needs to get his feet wet at a two-year 
college, get his associate degree. And then maybe, maybe if we're lucky and, we, and if we're financially bound, uh, we can um, enroll him in, into a four-year four university. Um, it, it's a big investment, folks. So, you know, it, it's going to be tough, but we're going to do, do what we can. Okay, the George Wilder Duna Show is now on the air. It's it's um, I want I want to say something about a free book that I have. It's going to be free all this week. It's a, a novella, actually. It's a novella. It's a free book. I think I've uh, prom- promoted it. Uh, uh, it's a countdown, Amazon count- countdown, but it's free, totally free. All you got to do is download it onto your device or whatever you have that ha- that is acceptable to the Amazon Kindle. Um, so yeah, I have a free book. It's called hit me and you die. A lot of people took, a lot of people took that title the wrong way, you know? Um, but, the the book is the, the story is totally, totally, uh, reminiscent, reminiscent of the title. It's a reminiscence of the title. I can't even say the word. Okay. Hit me and you die. It's free. It's totally free. This month. I mean, you got to pay nothing. But I know I noticed that every time I give away a free book on Amazon or elsewhere around the web, um, people download it in droves. I mean, they really, <laughs> they really, all it tells me is that people want stuff for free. If I said, hey, wow, it's, it, it's actually $2.99, not one buyer. <laughs> no, we need to, but if I say it's free, Lord have mercy. They're breaking down the door. They're, they're breaking Amazon. They're breaking the internet. You know, but that but that's okay. It, it's fine. It, it it's a good story. It's a powerful story. Uh, it's one that I'm proud of. I'm very proud of the book. I got a five star review on it. So, and a couple more. And I, it would be nice if people can give me a review on it. But uh, you know, a lot of people just because a person knows how to read and write doesn't mean they know how to write a review. But it is so easy to write a review. All you got to do is put five stars up up there along with the book and say, hey, wow, I like it. I liked it. You know, <laughs> That's all you have to do. But you do have to, uh, before you can write a review of any book on Amazon, you have to be a member um, of, um, of the, yeah, you got to be a member of Amazon before you, and you have to have been a customer, I believe. But you know what? There's a million zillion people who are members of <laughs> Amazon because everybody buys online, right? And the number one retailer online is Amazon, followed by Walmart. <laughs> so I just wanted to get that out there that my uh, that I'm offering a free book, a free novel. I always say it's not a book; it's, it's a short story, um, but it's a powerful one and it's free, so you can have it. You know, I'm just giving it away. Uh, um, but however, it would be it would be nice for a review. But you know, I mean, if you don't have time for that, if you don't think you can do that, then just enjoy the story. All right, you've been listening to the George Wilder Jr. Show on Blog Talk Radio, and I'm wondering if I'm ready to do the show today. Am I ready? I better be ready. All right. Um, okay, we're going to talk a little bit of a little bit of politics because that's what the show is about, and. Uh, and uh, our country is in such a mess. I, I, I was just hearing something on the evening news about the infrastructure uh, of America. Uh, and, um, 
it's horrible. The roads are falling falling apart, the bridges are falling apart, the streets are falling apart. There's nobody out here, no one out here to fix this stuff. Uh, and uh, I put the blame solely on Congress. Uh, instead of taking money that they're trying to uh, and advocate some wall, they should be fixing infrastructure in, in America. The roads, the bridges, the tunnels, you know, things that are falling apart, things that are make putting our lives in danger and also theirs. You know, I mean, the president drives around in a motorcade. I mean, if the street's falling apart or the bridge bridge gives out while he's on the road, you know, it's, and people die. I mean, whose fault is that? Because they're not talking about infrastructure. Not, not as far as I know of, not as far as, uh, uh, the uh, the episode of this show, but I'm hearing that President Donald Trump uh, that that doesn't come out right. Well, anyway, I'm hearing that Trump is going to be talking about this in his uh, State of the Union address. Address infrastructure. Of course he is, because he doesn't want a, a road to fall apart on him while he's in one of his motorcades going to some country that doesn't want him. Yeah, so we need to get that infrastructure fixed. We need to get it fixed fast because people are almost dying or dying because roads are collapsing under their cars, you know, like earthquakes or something. We need to get this done, and we need to forget about a wall. We can take that money that he's trying to get for a wall and do things in America, like infrastructure, you know. All right, you have been helping. You've you've been listening, helping. You've been listening to the George Wilder Jr. Show on Block Talk Radio. My guest is Pat. If I'm pronouncing his 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 or her name properly, Pat Obowski, something to that effect. Anyway, we'll just see what that's going to be about. All right, uh, be nice to one another. Once again, be nice to one another. It's so easy out there. And if you tell a lie, I mean, you don't have to. I, okay, we have a government that lies. There's no doubt about this. It's been proven. A, a thousand or so, two thousand or so lies in a in a year. And a lot of people say, well, the president lies. It's okay for me to lie. No, it's not. The president is a liar, so we can lie. One of the things I can say about the Trump administration, what does this say to the children and the people growing up who's watching this administration, watching them lie, watching them obstruct obstruct justice, watching and witnessing them um, um, asking and and taunting Russia to to hack our elections and to cheat. What does that say for the kids coming up? I guess they don't give a damn. You know, I guess they don't care. You know, you, you, I remember when, when I was small and you hear, you hear people like, you hear people say something like this, maybe my teachers or something. They would say, well, George, you can grow up to be anything you want to be, the president of the United States. This was in grammar school. I, have a, I had a grammar school teacher tell me that. George, you can be anything you want to I'm looking at the president of the United States. I'm looking at the government and saying, I would not want any parts of it. No parts of it. At least not in this condition, in this uh, in this administration, because so many people 
uh, even today, so many people are resigning and quitting on Donald Trump. I never seen an administration. I've been around a long time. I never seen or heard of an administration that so many people within one party, the Republican Party, quit and give up their jobs so easily. One of the reasons, there's no doubt about it, they do not like working with Donald Trump. They do not like working under Donald Trump. They don't want to do, they don't want anything to do with Donald Trump. They just don't like it. So they quit. And a lot of times they walk away because Donald Trump criticizes them. He forces them out in some way by trying, by calling them names and saying that they can't do their jobs or they're not doing enough to try to protect him from the Russia probe or from going to jail. So they quit. I think today two people have quit. We'll talk about that. Two people have quit. Donald Trump, there are so many uh, uh, vacancies in Donald Trump's administrations. It's mind-boggling. Vacancies, vacancies that he should be feeling as president, but nobody wants to work with him because he's an asshole. Okay, House Republicans vote to release classified memo they wrote attacking Russia probe. The memo released is a part of a sustained GOP attack on investigations into Trump. Uh, that that's a that's something else. Why would you attack an agency that's working for you if you're not guilty of any of that? Trump and his administration and Fox News, those liars over there, those those pricks over there. I mean, they are really attacking uh, the Justice Department. They want to see Mueller, Bob Mueller fired because he's getting too tr- too close to Trump. There is no doubt about it, folks. Trump obstructs justice every time he opens his mouth. He obstructs justice when he uh, tried to order the Justice Department to drop this or or, or not to drop that or or asking uh, people who they voted for. This this guy is crazy. He is a fascist. This guy is just totally unreal. And President Donald Trump, Republican allies in Congress advanced their month month long assault on special counsel Robert Mueller investigation. I think I think Robert Mueller should everybody in Trump's administration, even on Fox News, all these folks who outwardly and blatantly trying to obstruct him from doing his job should be locked up. Mueller should should just talk to all of them, all of these crazy people, and lock them up for obstruction of justice. They're trying to run. They, I, I actually believe they're trying to run Mueller out of the town. They, they're trying to uh, 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 get him to resign. This is why they're attacking him so much. They're trying to get him to resign because they want their criminal president to be in office forever. They want Donald Trump. They don't want, they want him. But Mueller is hanging in there and Mueller is coming after Donald Trump. There is no way to say that. There's no other way to say that. That's the truth. The guy is coming after Donald Trump and they know this. This is why they're trying. This is why they're belittling him. 
attacking him, attacking what he's doing, because they know uh, uh, that Donald Trump is, is, I mean, Robert Mueller is closing in on indictments on Donald Trump. The more these people obstruct justice, that should just uh, give uh, Bob Mueller stronger resolve. That's what it should do. Um, And I'm pretty sure that's what uh, it is doing. It is doing. Because this is just crazy. This is just crazy what they're doing. Um, Trying to uh, discredit him, discredit the the apartment. And I I can just just, uh, imagine what the employees are thinking at the uh, Department of Justice, the FBI. I can um, that their commander in chief is discrediting every last one of them. They've got to hate Trump, and you know, and they are the ones who are protecting him. They're the ones who who protecting Trump, and he's criticizing them, and other people are are criticizing him. The folks from Fox and and weirdos that crawl up out from under the rock, you know, they come criticizing uh, Mueller, the DOJ, the the Department of Justice, because they are getting closer. Bob Mueller, 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 what is it? Anyway, special counsel, he's getting closer to putting a noose around criminal Donald Trump's neck. This is why they are are attacking the Justice Department, attacking Robert Mueller for no good reasons. And and this just proves to us, the American people, that every one of them scoundrels are guilty. And once those indictments come down, I want to see some handcuffs. A lot of people are saying they don't want to see Donald Trump impeached. I don't want to see Donald Trump impeached. I want to see him taken out of the White House in handcuffs and leg irons and led into a police car a police wagon or something, you know, and taken to jail, under the jail. Impeachment is just too nice. Impeachment is just not strong enough. We want to see him locked the hell up. All right, you've been listening to the, to the George Wilder Jr. Show on Blog Talk Radio. Uh, we'll be right back. All right. Trying to drive me away from
All right. A lot of uh, Republican constituency, a lot of Republicans, representatives and senators, they are in trouble with their constituents. A lot of them are because a lot of the constituency, the voters from their districts, feeling that a lot of these guys in Congress, Republicans, aren't representing their interest and their right. And a lot of the uh, 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 people, the newspapers, the publications, they are very, very critical of their representative in Congress, who, who most of them are just carrying water for Donald Trump, trying to protect Donald Trump. And they don't like that. Well, they're saying that, hey, wow, we voted. I mean, we voted for you. We gave you your job. We sent you to Washington to represent us. We did not send you to Washington you know, to kiss Trump's butt and forget about us. But a lot of them feel that the, their representatives have let them down in Washington and they are pissed off. I mean, they're talking about you're not going to be in office no longer. And these are Republican folks. These are Republicans, folks. You know, so and I hear them. I really do hear them. But, you know, because a lot of these representatives, these Republicans in office, they were voted in by people, their constituency, the folks in their district or in their hometown. And a lot of these folks are disappointed in some of the guys and girls that they send to Congress because they're carrying water for Trump and they don't, they don't give a damn about the people who put them in office, who gave them their high salary, who gave them, their, uh, gave them the best healthcare in the world. So a lot of people are really, really pissed off, especially when they want to take away uh, their health, you know, if, you, if you know what I'm talking about. So I, it's it's a mess. It's a mess. But a lot of people are pissed off at their congressman and their their representative and their senator, especially if they're Republicans, because they seem to be carrying water for Donald Trump and not the people who put their asses in office. All right. You've been listening to the George Wilder Jr. Show on Block Talk Radio. Let's go here. All right. You're on the George Wilder Jr. Show. Go right ahead. Hi, this is Pat Ovechowski calling in. Hey, Pat. <laughs> I got you here on my uh, 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 marquee here, so I knew you were going to call. I didn't want to say your last name because I didn't want to mess it up. It's Obowski. <laughs> is that it? <laughs> I, heard you, I heard you a little bit earlier, George. It's Obuchowski, just like you see it. Okay, Obuchowski. Okay. All right. You I got, got it. it. Now. <laughs> <laughs> okay. All right. Ladies and gentlemen, Pat Obukowski is on the George Wilder Jr. Show, and she's going to be telling us, uh, give us a little bit of your bio and then tell us what you do. Yeah, sure. A little bit of my bio. Well, I'm currently yeah. in my own business out here on the West Coast. I live just um, south of San Francisco, and I do executive leadership and team coaching and development. I help people learn how to wow. step into many different leadership roles, how to gain more confidence to be able to step into those leadership roles and how to find their voice, you know, to ask for what it is that we want and what it is that we want to see changed in our world. And I've been in my business now, George, for about 15 years. And prior to that, I served in many different leadership positions, primarily in information technology and companies such as Visa and, and General Electric. So I'm um, recently an author. Also, I published my first solo book last, last year called Gutsy Women Win, How to Get Gutsy and Get Going. And I have another one coming out uh, next month 
called Gutsy Leaders, 140 Bits of Wisdom on How to Build Great Teams with Vision and Compassion. So I'm following in your footsteps. I'm becoming a prolific author just like you. <laughs> wow. You know, writing is fun. I enjoy it. Uh, whether it's fiction or mm-hmm. nonfiction, you're writing about uh, 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 whatever you're writing, make it fun, make it exciting, and always try to make it to uh, impress people, entertain people, and um, it's just great. Okay, one question. I got a question mm-hmm. for you. What makes a good leader? Oh, so many things make a good leader, but I think the top uh-huh. three things that make a leader really good the first one, in my opinion, uh-huh. is is communication. It's it's leaders that are honest, that are open, that are able to get their message across, that have really great active listening skills. You know, it's not just about being a prolific speaker and talking about everything that you want in the world, but it's also really being kind of like very similar to a coach, you know, asking a lot of questions, really trying to deeply understand the other side, you know, being able to put yourselves in their shoes to take a look at the world through their lens to, you know, more like seeking to understand than to really force your opinion Mm -hmm. on it. So I think communication is really, you know, one of the, the top three things for a good leader. I think, secondly, that a good leader really has to have a vision, and they have to be able to talk about the vision and to be able to not necessarily sell the vision, but but to get people to follow them in this vision. So it has to be a leader that is inspiring and a leader that that can help motivate other people. And then thirdly, I think what makes a great leader is an individual that stands by their ethics. You know, I think yeah. we, as a, we as a society and a lot of our leadership, we have just lost so much about around ethical behavior in our world, you know, lately for for leaders. So I think those are, you know, the top three things and many, many more, um, you know, things I think make great leaders. Yeah, I was thinking one of the, one of the things, one aspect of being a great would be being able to listen. Mhm. Yes, that is that is yeah. where the active listening comes in. That's the big yeah. part yeah. about communicating. Mhm. Is mm-hmm. to be able to uh, be to be able to be in those questions if you will, you know? To be curious about the mm-hmm. other yeah. side. Okay. Okay, in your in your uh travels, have you uh uh ran across or dip uh in your environment or or do you do you think there's a lack of leadership in, in America that could be uh turned around into great leadership by you know I I think that leadership is something that can definitely definitely be learned I'm not you know people always talk a lot about you know are leaders born or can they you know learn how to be a leader and I lean on the side that people can learn how to be a good leader and the thing that is really important for a leader to understand is what is the impact that they are having you know on on their followers on the people that they are leading what is that impact that they are having? And they need to understand what is it that makes them a good leader? What what yeah. is it that makes other people want to follow them? Want to follow them? 
Yeah. That's yeah, an important yeah. thing so for you, leaders to understand. Yeah. So, so basically what you're saying, there's people out there who aren't for great leadership. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> and I'm only laughing because I listen <laughs> to your program. And um, yeah, so I'm, I'm a firm believer that there are people out there that do not display good leadership in any way, shape or form. Yeah, I totally agree. I, 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 I do think that there's people out here, they are looking for leadership. People are, I mean, they're turning over looking for leadership. They want somebody to, they want to be able to follow somebody. They themselves don't have those leadership qualities and they're looking to suit the mantle and, and, and lead and, and take the charge for them. And I try to do mm-hmm. that. I, you know, I, I know people out there who, uh, who don't have those leadership skills, never have them. So uh, they're looking around for somebody to, you know, um, uh, speak for them or say things for them or, uh, you know, people should speak for themselves. But you just have people who just don't have any kind of leadership skills at all. And they're they're looking for those who can lead them. And I don't think that's a bad mm-hmm. thing. It's just because there's, and then there's not leaders. So... And I think the world yeah, needs leaders. I yeah, go ahead. I don't. I don't think that's. A, I don't think that's a bad thing either, George. I really believe that we need to make a conscious decision of stepping into leadership, and that when we do that, it's a big responsibility, right? It's a big responsibility to have people follow you and to listen to you and to be yeah. able to model good leadership qualities. So you need to understand that should you should you choose to step into, you know, playing a bigger game in your life, uh, in into that leadership position that you want. And other people choose not to. But I'm a firm believer that, you know, maybe they don't step into the the visible leadership positions, if you will, you know, like getting elected in politics or um, being a manager or director or CEO of a company, but that we do have leadership responsibilities, even in our own communities. You know, even in our family, yeah, sometimes we need to take, yeah, we yeah. need to take a leadership role in our neighborhoods, in our churches, in our communities. Yeah. You know, if sometimes yeah. you, sometimes what happens is that you look around and, and you see something that is missing and, and you start trying to, you know, bring people into your circle, people that are like-minded and that see that, yeah, I'd like to change that too. And so you may become a leader merely because you see something that is missing in, you know, your world. And then you start to bring other people yeah. in. Yeah. Okay. You know, it's it's really interesting. You know, the, um, the book that I wrote, Gutsy Women Win, I tell the story of, of a leadership model that I use called The Bigger Game, but I tell mm-hmm. it through the lens of seven women and how their lives changed because they took a look around and they saw something that was missing or they were curious about something or they wanted to take a look at, gosh, I don't see what's going on here. What What is the other side like? And may, may I share a quick story about one of the women in the book? Sure. Okay, great. Thank you. One of the women in the book uh, took a look around. She was, she's Jewish and 
several years ago, she just she was just like, I don't understand the, what's going on between the Jews and the Palestinians. I, I can't quite put my arm my arms around it. So let me see what would happen if I start being in conversation and have some of my friends be in conversation with Palestinians. So she started to connect with some people and, and invite them into her living room. And at first, people were very like, mm, no, don't, don't want to get involved in anything like that. But then she really persisted. And she just said, we're just curious. We have lots of questions that we don't have answers for. And we think that you can provide the answers for it. And we think you might have some questions that we can provide the answers mm -hmm. for. And so she just opened up her living room one evening brought people in, Jewish people, Palestinian people, brought them in to be in conversations, right? Because she was curious. She didn't know and she wanted to find some answers. And now, George, this is a worldwide movement called the Living Room Dialogues, where she and her husband travel the world and talk to people about how to create these types of conversations that can remain open, where people can really use that active listening skill that is so critical for all of us. And she started with just this question in her mind about, I don't understand what's going on and I want to get more information. So she had to step, she just stepped into this role of a leader without any real intention. It just evolved that way. So when you uh, yeah. talk about some people decide not to, that's very true. They decide not to, but sometimes it just happens to them. Yeah, sometimes it just happens. I'm pretty sure mm -hmm. there's a lot of people out there, just like you guys are saying, that they have no inkling of becoming a leader. They have no inkling about being out there. You know, it just mm -hmm. happens. Sometimes it just, you know, other people might elect them to be a leader. And uh, to show themselves mm -hmm. if they want to, you know, uh, make us think that they're actually our leaders. Uh, myself, for instance, I think of myself as a leader. You know, uh, uh, one of the things I, one, one of the reasons why I call my leader, because there's other people I have led throughout my life. You know, people followed me. I didn't follow them. They followed me, <laughs> you know, so, and <laughs> that, uh made me think that I'm a leader I, because I always felt that it's better to lead than to follow. You know, it, it's, it's, mm -hmm. I, I know followers right now that I try to <laughs> uh, talk about, you know, like I have a son, for instance, I try to get him to be more of a leader than a follower, but that's tough. How do you change a, a follower into a leader? Do you talk about that? Oh, that's a really great question. I hmm. I think that someone really needs to have that desire to become a leader in some way, shape, or form. One of the ways, especially I, I think when we're dealing with our children, to have them take yeah. a look at it is to point out different areas in their lives where they may have taken a leadership role and be unaware of it. Yeah. You know? Be unaware of it. And to be able to point out those types of situations. You know, I see that happening a lot in the sports arena 
um, you know, for uh, for our youth, that sometimes takes a leadership role, sometimes takes a backseat role. It kind of it kind of is a very uh, movable um, role in a lot of in a lot of sports activities, or perhaps in some way has taken a leadership role of a particular project in school. Um, you know, something like that. Yeah. But I think it's it's our job to point out the situations where they step into a leadership role, but may not realize, may not consciously understand why that would be a particular leadership role. Okay, let's talk about your book. Uh, is there any part of your book that uh, that basically is yourself how much of yourself is in your i mean you, you're talking about yourself how much was this how much how much was your own experience that you've uh uh written in the book oh i i'd say at least a third of it is my own experience uh, and by that mm-hmm. i mean my my own experience in really really learning about this particular model that's called the bigger game there's nine elements to it and about Mm -hmm. learning about it about stepping into it's a it's it's basically a a woman's book for women am i right well because you got gutsy women win women definitely titled Mm -hmm. gutsy women win although i am aware of Several, several men that, you know, have bought it uh, for themselves. There was oh, okay. even a review by, there was even a review by, by Jack Canfield. Um, he's the author of the Chicken Soup for okay. the Soul series. The, yeah, I know best, him. Yeah, you know, yeah. Principles, yeah. yeah. You know, and he's, you know, basically said, if you just want to be a gutsier person and, and learn how to stand up for yourself yeah. and allow yourself how to understand yeah. and use your own power. You know, this is a book that will yeah. help you get there. You know, I wrote it. Yeah, I was going to ask you what. Yeah. Ask you how is the book? How is how are other people reacting to the book? I you can if you can take a look at Amazon. I've gotten many many reviews on okay. Amazon. Uh, they love okay. it's a it's a really practical book because it, it actually walks you yeah. through the model itself. It tells again it tells uh, about the model through one of my bigger games, which was putting on the largest women's conference here in my county, and through the lens of seven other women. And it also has uh, self-reflection questions at the end of every chapter along with inspirational quotes throughout the book itself. And I, I've developed on my website, gutsywomenwin.com, a 10-week Get Gutsy and Get Going program that's also based on the book. So wow. there is a lot of myself, wow. a lot of myself in it. Um, a lot of myself, George, and I tell you, yeah. when it got published, got published in the first quarter of last year, I have to admit, being a first-time solo publisher out the gate, uh, not publisher, but author out the gate, I don't ever remember a day in my life where I felt more vulnerable than having my book out there, my product out there, because there is so much of me in it. There is so much of my my personal life in the book itself. That's a pretty vulnerable thing to picture writing out in the world, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah, I think I think anytime an author writes a book, that's 
some of themselves in that book, whether it's fiction or nonfiction. Uh, some of you are going there. Some of you experience you may give yourself a different name, or you may put it put that those qualities into a, another character. But it's when you're writing a book, you go into that story because for one thing, you're the author, and you know, and you're writing it from you you know your memories or you're creating something, and that's what I love about writing. And you say you're doing a second book. Yeah, I'm actually publishing a second book coming out mm-hmm. in February. Uh, it's a book called okay. Gutsy Leaders, and it's 140 bits of wisdom gutsy on how to leaders. build a great team. <laughs> mm-hmm. Get the gutsy theme going here. Get the gutsy theme. Yeah, yeah. you got it. And it's, <laughs> and it's, it's um, really 140 bits of wisdom. So there, it's 140 little tweets that you know people can look at. And it is an actionable business journal for individuals. So you can kind of take a look at it and reflect on, you know, one of the the, um, the tweets that's in there. I've also had team leaders open up the book and take a look at, at something and read it with their teams and then be in conversations with their teams around a particular bit of wisdom. So it, it opens up, it helps open up conversations with your team also. And that's coming out in okay, uh, author Pat, about three weeks. Okay, author Pat um, Bolkowski is on the George Wilder Jr. show. Tell us uh, where we can go find the book, where we can get it, and give us a website, all that good stuff. Sure. You can find the book on Amazon.com and on a lot of uh, retailers mm-hmm. online. The website is uh-huh. Gutsy Women Win, G-U-T-S-Y, womenwin.com. I also have a weekly blog, and the blog is posted there. And I'm on Facebook and Twitter and LinkedIn and Instagram <laughs> under Gutsy Women you sound like, Win. Sound like all the things I'm on, right? <laughs> <laughs> you, it's easy to find me. Let me tell you that. Easy to find me. And it's yeah, Pat me too. Me too. <laughs> yeah, yeah, Pat Obukowski. I'm gonna get it. I'm gonna get it right. You know. All right. Thanks for being on the show. You've been excellent. Well, thanks for the invitation, George. And I wish you and all of your listeners no well. No problem. Okay. Bye bye. All right, author Pat Bo. Kowski on the George Wilder Jr. Show talking about leadership, among others. All right, we have, we'll take a break right here, folks, and we will be right back. Okay, we're going to take a break right here, folks. And, uh, sounds like a, sounds like a, uh, wow, recording, right? We'll be the right George back. George Wilder Jr. Show is now on the air. It is all about making the world a better place. Join me.
welcome back. Um, so the breaking news that just came out, uh, Donald Trump made more comments. Uh, he rejected the bipartisan immigration uh, reform that was supposed to be popping. Mm -hmm. Remember I covered that one? Yeah. And we thought there was going to be some. Well, we knew. <laughs> it wasn't going to be nothing. However, because according to the Washington Post, I'm just going to read it straight from here. It says, President Trump grew frustrated with lawmakers Thursday in the Oval Office when they floated restoring protections for immigrants uh, from Haiti, El Salvador, and African countries uh, as part of a bipartisan immigration deal. And according to two people briefed on the meeting, this dude said, because <laughs> I'm going to say dude, what I really want to say is something else, but he said, why are we having all these people from, from shithole countries Come here, okay? I repeat, he said, why are we having all these people from shithole countries come here? And this is according to the people who were in the meeting. He was referring to African countries, and he was referring to Haiti. He then suggested that United States, listen, listen. He then suggested that United States should bring more people from countries like Norway, whose prime minister he met yesterday. So, essentially... This um, trash, of a, trash of a president uh, that America has, that we have here in America, yeah. wants to always disrespect and constantly come for these black and brown countries. He was referring to African countries. He was referring to black, Haiti yeah. when he made this statement, calling <laughs> a country that my parents come from, my, my people come from, then my forefathers up in Africa, this <laughs> beautiful countries, okay, these beautiful countries, he, this, this continent um, of beautiful black people, black and brown people, he shit wants hole. to constantly come and disrespect them, calling them shitholes. Let me tell you something. The only <laughs> shithole that I I see is the the place that we are living in now, the one that he's running. That's mm -hmm. America, okay? The people that come from those countries that he keeps on trying to attack are people, great people, great yeah. damn people who come here to this shithole of a country called America and work, fuck, they work, uh, my bad, my bad. <laughs> no, they work don't six damn jobs. They do more than your whole family probably has ever, ever done. done. But you want to bring in people who look like you white folks, white immigrants, so that they can benefit with their, their white privilege here in this country. Now, that's some BS, because my parents, Haitian immigrants, my whole entire family, has come here and has done the best that they could, have paid their taxes, has contributed to your damn society, your community, has built freaking communities on top of communities, speaking English, has worked hard to speak English, okay, get these damn jobs, and you want to keep trying these Africans and these Haitians? You got the wrong people, Donald Trump. You got the wrong people. And I told you before, let your little, your little comments and things like that, let your little um, Trump supporters come at any one of us. They're going to catch these hands. Turn on your location. I, turn on your location. I'm sick and I'm tired of Donald Trump and these people. All of you guys, I remember last time I covered um, him saying this BS, and you guys were like, a lot of um, people under the comment section were saying, well, that's um, that's hearsay. He probably didn't say it. Y'all, you know, enough damn is well. enough. We're going to keep on getting reports like this. When are you guys going to open your eyes and realize that this is your president? He's racist as hell. He's, he only wants 
wants people who look like him, who have money in it in their pockets, to uh, uh, take over America. He wants to gentrify America, make it all white again, right? It never was white, okay? We are the ones who built this, okay? Donald Trump, put some respect on the black folks. Put some respect on these Africans and stop coming for my Haitians. Enough is enough. Enough is enough. And on top of that, stop coming for the Middle Eastern people. And on top of that, leave the Latino, the Latino community alone. Let us be. We over here, we ain't causing no problems. We're building your damn society. Okay? Enough is enough. Sorry, y'all. No, don't apologize. Don't apologize at all. Because, you know, people... I, I remember one of the first things I ever did in, in media was uh, about racism... Uh, it was kind of a parody, and the the honest truth of the, the title was: if you don't see it, you just don't want to. That's the bottom line. It's like this could be staring. This is staring them literally in the face. Donald Trump um, says these things over and over and over again. He does things over and over and over again. And you know what? This is beyond just who he is. This is who he is, and also who he wants to be, and who he wants to attract. The problem about what he said today is that you're going to have people who co-sign this. You're going to have people who explain it, who explain it away. You're going to have some conservatives who don't believe it. You're going to have the other ones who embrace it. And then you're going to have those who are going to try and go out there and explain and see, look at the poverty level here in Haiti. Look at the poverty level here. But they won't go any back further. It's amazing. People who want to hang on to the past and the heritage of the Civil War and all that, they don't want to go any further back to colonialization, right? The colonial area where they pl- pilfered and plundered uh, Haiti. They, they took all the wealth from oh, no, Africa. They they still, they're still in Africa right now. Mm-hmm. They're still in Africa right now taking the wealth from Africa. Tech companies all across this world are in Africa. China is Africa. Yep. Russia's in Africa. America's in Africa. Mm-hmm. The reason we have troops in Africa right now is so that we can maintain this neocolonialism where we don't, you know, we're, we, we don't have to control your government. Just let us control your wealth. And if you want to know why, if let's say if these countries were shitholes, they're shitholes because America has raped these countries. Western civilization has raped these countries for hundreds of years. How do you rape a country for hundreds of years, take all of their wealth, and then turn around and be surprised like, I, I just don't understand why you're so impoverished. These are the same people, these Americans will go over to uh, like Haiti and uh, go to these people and try to put in their mind that you guys don't, you know, you don't need this land, this beautiful land that you have. I'll give it to you for $1,000. Exactly. Knowing, knowing that they need this money after raping uh, raping these people of these lands. What they'll do is go and say, I'll give you $1,000 for these this land. And um, just, it's, it's like a whole Christopher Columbus situation. Uh, go over there, lie to these people, uh, yep. take their land, and then build on top of it because they know how precious the resources are Underneath in, yep. uh, in uh, Haiti and in Africa. And these uh, brown and black countries. You know how, do you know, we come from these, the places with these rich resources that they want. They go and build these resorts over there. Uh, and then they try to separate it from the country. Labadi is in Haiti, where you guys go and resort. De Camaon is in Haiti, where they go and resort. But you never, they never attach a name Haiti to that. Those beaches belong, are, are in Haiti, those beautiful blue waters where everybody wants to go and take pictures. They want to go to Africa and ride on the animals and things like that. Um, it's disrespectful. It's disrespectful for Trump to constantly say that. What what comes of this is the people are going to believe this. They're going to oh, yeah. sit here and, and, and look at us. Justify I have a guy named William who was a black man in, in the comment section who uh, said... Um, he sees how racist I am. You can kiss my black ass, okay? <laughs> because 
Um, I'm definitely not racist, but I will Kiss attack it. anybody who's coming for people who are black no, no, and Middle no, Eastern, and even if you're white, I will. But I have no, here's the thing. Donald Trump will say all Middle Eastern people are terrorists. That's why he made the damn uh, Muslim ban, okay? He doesn't want black and brown immigrants here. That's why he's taking people off TPS and any other program that uh, helps these immigrants uh, to stay here. Um, he will go and uh, there's, there's so many, there's long lists of things that Donald Trump does to attack black and brown immigrants. And I'm sick and tired of it. I'm tired of talking about it, honestly. Like, like you were just saying, the uh, America goes and rapes these countries, these continents, these people, tries to take from us, uh, acts like they're going to help, right? Mm -hmm. But they take in the middle of that and leave these countries uh, with thinking that they have nothing. Um, and that, that's where the, the, the problem is. That's why I always say to uh, my parents, you know, when uh, we go visit to Haiti, my, my oldest brother, we go back to Haiti or thing like, things like that, when he goes back and he goes back to my family and when we go back, we always talk about how we want to build over there because there's no sense of continuously taking the kids and bringing them here, okay, giving them education, which is great, but I want them to go back home too to know that they have land, we have resources, and it's only for us to come and continuously build over there. Stop letting these Americans and people like Donald Trump come and steal our resources and put their name on it and say it's theirs. It doesn't belong to you. Yeah. Okay? I'm trying so hard to find a tweet by uh, uh, this former woman on Twitter who tweeted um, the reason they called it third world countries uh, is because if you call it um, nations that have suffered the rape and pillaging of uh, colonial powers over the last 400 years doesn't sound as good. But that's exactly what it is. These third world developing countries are developing because for generations they have been raped. Uh, take, for instance, the Congo, right? I, this, this is, if you know this already, you know where I'm going. If you haven't heard this before, this is about to blow your, your mind. Uh, the ore and minimal, mineral reserves that exist underneath the Congo, $7 trillion worth, American dollars, worth of ore and mineral wealth in, in, in the Congo. But the Congo is one of the most destabilized nations in the entire continent of Africa. The Congo has, is a failed state. It is run by uh, warlords. And the reason it's run by warlords is because governments have particular warlords that they prop up and create a destabilized environment where there can't be a single authority. There can't be a governing authority that could secure that wealth for that nation. So what these nations have done historically, and they're doing it now. I'm not talking about something that happened in the past. I'm not talking about something that happened when the, uh, when the, the United Kingdom was, uh, the sun never set on, 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 on London, or the United Kingdom, or whatever it was called at the time. Uh, the sun never set on the, king, on the Queen's Kingdom. That's what the phrase, right? I'm not talking about then. I'm talking about right now. $7 trillion worth of wealth that exists underneath the Congo, and the country cannot benefit from it because it is constantly being destabilized by outside powers. Why? Because they don't want to have to go through a legitimate government and pay that government royalties and, and, and pay them for their wealth. They want to just be able to get it from a warlord who's going to give it to them on the low or give them access to it for nothing more than guns and weapons. So this is the game that people like Donald Trump have done throughout, throughout world history for hundreds and hundreds of years. And now this this uh, this trumple stillskin this this fuckface von clown stick of a president <laughs> has a nerve to say that these countries are shitholes they're shitholes because people like you went there and had you never gone there and people like you had never gone there they would be the dominating power in this world but they knew that and that's why they went there to rape those countries and they're still yeah. there 
raping those countries yep. today. Yep, and like I said, if any of you, um, I know uh, a lot of us, I know Nigerian people, I have a lot of African friends, I have a lot of Haitian friends, I have a lot of Hispanic friends, um, and a lot of us have these. <laughs> Yeah, Donald Trump is going to be doing a State of the Union uh, address. He's going to give that. Uh, if he hasn't uh, given it already at the time of the show, this, told, this show has been produced. Um, you know, he's going to be giving a State of the Union address. His first one, folks, after telling over 2,000 lies in his first year as president. His, his first, and a lot of people, I, I have... Uh, Witness a lot of people, especially on online social media, saying they're not going to listen. Then there are some people who say they are going to listen because they, you know, they want to get a good laugh or whatever, you know. But um, um, uh, they'll miss all the. Uh, they want to get a, document the lies that could, that's going to be told. But a lot of people are saying that they're not going to watch it, and and that I think people not watching it is going to hurt Donald Trump more than ever because he does have a war with the American people. So this is one way of fighting back, not watching that crap, because the only people that's going to be watching it um, are going to be the ones who are who hope and want to hear lies. And one of the things I, I I'm not going to watch it because I don't like to when Donald Trump is he's going to be reading from a teleprompter. He's going to be reading from a script. He's not going to be the Donald Trump that we're all used to, you know, shithole countries. You know, I mean, this uh, the racist Donald Trump, the, the, the mean, nasty uh, filming, the pissed off Donald Trump uh, talking from his hip or talking out of his butt, Donald Trump. At the State of the Union, he's going to be uh, reading from a teleprompter. And if you ever heard Donald Trump read from a teleprompter, it's awful. I mean, every time he reads his speech and he's not being impromptu or just, you know, coming out and just saying something, he's reading it. He's going to be reading and Donald Trump, when he reads from a script, when he reads something, a speech to the world, he sounds like a three-year-old child. The man's, uh, and it just sounds so bad. You kn because when you hear him reading, reading this speech, sounding like a, a, a grade schooler, worse than a grade schooler, reading a script, you tell yourself, that's not Donald Trump. That's not what he is. Donald Trump is 71 years old. He can't change his stripes. He is who he is. If he's reading a script of words that someone else wrote, that's not Donald Trump. Donald Trump is the guy who <laughs> uh, uh, said shithole countries. Uh, Donald Trump is a guy who, who's firing people left and right. That's not him. Donald Trump has to be Donald Trump. And and once this, uh, I feel that anyway, that once this State of the Union gets underway, he's going to be reading from a script because a lot of his handlers and his backers, they want Donald Trump to read from a script. They want him to read. But he sounds so poor when he reads. He sounds like a three-year-old reading an essay for the first time. <laughs> you know, he, 
he just he, he doesn't sound real. He doesn't sound authentic when he's reading because that's not him. He is the mean, nasty, vile person uh, that's going around the White House shouting and screaming and and, and and screaming at everybody and and threatening to fire everybody if if they don't make him look good, right? So anyway, uh, people are saying that um, they're not going to listen to the speech. I I'm not going to listen to it. I, I don't you know I don't want to hear that uh, because I think he. He's go- it's going to be phony. Be- anytime that Donald Trump is reading something someone else has written for him, it's phony because it's not Donald Trump. It's not. That's not in Donald Trump's DNA. He's been a bitch all his life. And <laughs> that's the only way you can. Donald Trump has Donald Trump. And reading reading something someone else written for him is not Donald Trump. Donald Trump did not write that speech. Majority of the time, I mean, when Obama was in office for eight years, there are times when he wrote his speech. He wrote it himself. Donald Trump cannot write a speech. Donald Trump does not even read. That's why, I mean, when I say read, read books or newspapers or stuff like that, he tweets. That's what he does. So a lot of people said they're not going to watch it, you know. But then a, a few people said they are going to watch it just for the hysterics. You know, I'm not going to watch it because I don't think it's going to it's not going to be authentic. It's not going to be Donald Trump. It'll be something he's reading as someone else written for him. And um, uh, of course, he can't help it. Then, then the next day, you know, after after he gives the speech, the next day he, he's going to come out with some more racist rants. You know, that's Donald Trump. What can I say? Anyway, FBI director Andrew McCabe, a frequent Trump. uh, Yeah, Andrew McCabe, you know, it's breaking news today that he resigned. He's the uh, acting director for the the DOG, uh, the people who are investigating Donald Trump for Russia meddling. And... um, as I was saying at the beginning of the show, these people are guilty as hell. If they weren't as guilty as hell, they would not be uh, trying to obstruct justice. Trump obstructs justice every time he opens his mouth. And for him to say, All right, there's no collusion, no collusion, no collusion, no collusion. Believe me, there's collusion. Okay, he is leaving the bureau. And he, uh, they're saying that this guy's probably leaving, like some people are leaving the Republican Party, um, that he was probably forced out by Trump. He, he was forced out by Trump. Trump is not going to acknowledge that. He's going to lie and say, no, it wasn't him. And they're going to say that this guy left on his own. And we know it was Trump because this guy, he, he was trying to work until he was able to file for his pension, I believe severance pay or something but now that he's leaving early he may not qualify for that in a in this uh federal government setting um okay his name is fbi well he's an fbi deputy director andrew mccabe who served as the acting director director at the bureau last year after trump fired fbi director james comey he is now stepping down okay um they're saying that McCabe was he felt pressure to leave from the current FBI director 
uh, Christopher Way, according to the New York Times. He was pressured out of there. Okay, he didn't want to go. Uh, they pressured him out of there because he obviously um, was not adhering to Trump to fire Bob Mueller. Obstruction of justice. It's a damn shame that this this, this is going on for so long. I want to see him out of there in chains. I want to see him go. All right. Uh, McCabe is leaving his position immediately, but he is set to be on the FBI parole, payroll. I'm sorry. I'm looking at that wrong. Payroll in a few a few more months. Uh, wow. I don't know. It seems like nobody wants to work for Trump. Nobody wants to work with him, under him, for him or anything. They're all jumping ship. And a lot of these senators and, and representatives uh, Republicans, a lot of them are resigning because they got paid. Yeah, the the Trump tax uh, form, the the tax thing that passed uh, earlier, gave them put millions in their pocket. Oh, I got mine. I'm gone. Bye. They're quitting their positions. They got paid. You know, Trump gave them a lump sum. All righty, let's see what's going on here. All right. Okay, uh, this is one person saying that she said after Fox constantly was t- attacking McCabe too, Trump watches Fox constantly. Get the connection. Yeah, state TV is what they called that in Russia during Hitler's time. Okay, yeah, they they're saying that this guy McCabe was forced out. I I I do believe. I think he was forced out by Trump. I think he was forced out by by Fox News because. As she just got through saying, Trump watches TV a lot. This guy, <laughs> what does he do? What does he do as, tele- as president of the United States? Watch TV. Watches Fox. Then he calls into those uh, TV shows and say, hey, this is the president of the United States. Get that shit right. He watches a lot of TV. Okay, Andrew McCabe served honorably and with distinction only to have his name sullied by Trump, looking out for Trump. Yeah, there is no doubt about it. Trump is guilty as hell. He is guilty as hell. And uh, he and he is somebody who is guilty and looks like he's guilty. Acts like he's guilty. Do things to tell the world that he's guilty. And as he's trying to say that he's not guilty. And, and this has been and this has been since, you know, for the last uh, six, seven, eight months. You know, he's he's been denying that he um, colluded with Russia. And we all know that he did because there's proof that he's did, according to some of the reports. And, you know, it did happen. There's no doubt about it. It did, it did happen. All right. You've been listening to the George Wilder Jr. Show. Follow me on Facebook. Follow me right here on Block Talk Radio. We should be right back after this. Whoa, I said it once, Now I'm going to say it, say it, say it again. Each and
All right, welcome to the George Wilder Jr. Show on Blog Talk Radio out of the city of Chicago, the state of Illinois. Folks, we are in some trying times. We are in some dark times. We must fight for an America without hate. We must fight for an America without bigotry. We must fight for an America without racism. We must fight for our rights. We must fight to continue to be Americans. Some of those rights are being threatened, taken away. But we have to get out here and fight the good fight. You know, and it has to be done, folks. It has to be in a non-violent way. We know how to do things non-violently. So let's go out and make our voices heard, fighting non-violently. back now with the round table and I have a feeling you guys are going to have a little different comments than Tom Bossert had about that gif. Let's let's look at it again. This happened just as we were ending our other round table. Okay, Anna, I got to start with you. Let me talk to Donald Trump and explain to him that as president of the United States, he represents blacks and Jewish people and Hispanics and people of every color and every creed. And it is his job as president of the United States to stand up for each and every American, to stand up vertically against racism and bigotry. Peddling to racism is just as bad as being a racist. So Donald Trump is either a racist or he's peddling to it, and both are frank, frankly unacceptable and make him unfit to be president of the United States. If you can't be president, if you cannot stand up and represent Americans, you should not be president. And to my party, to the Republicans who are speaking out today, my question is, what the hell took you so long? When someone shows you who they are the first time, believe them. For too long, Republicans in Congress, elected leaders, have looked the other way while a misogynist, racist, bigoted pig is in the White House. Let me tell you, we cannot capitulate the office of the presidency of the United States. We cannot capitulate moral clarity. We cannot capitulate principles. We cannot capitulate Republican values and American values. No piece of legislation no bone that he may throw on policy, no regulation is worth cheapening the office of the United States this way. It is breaking us apart. It is not news that's breaking us apart. It is the president of the United States who is causing this news. So Republicans need to stand up, need to grow a spine, and need to reject him. They don't, I'm tired of hearing Republicans say they're disappointed and disturbed by something he says. You know what? When he invites you to the White House, don't yeah. go. When he invites you to dinner, don't go. Do not stand next to him until he starts behaving in a presidential manner. Go and if he can't, you've got to confront him over and over and over and over again. And, Governor, here's, here's, what, here's what folks are saying. Um, those comments today that were at Trump Tower, in the same place where he launched his presidential campaign in June of 2015, by saying this. When Mexico sends its people... They're not sending their best. They're sending people that have lots of problems, and they're bringing those problems with us. They're bringing drugs, they're bringing crime, they're rapists, and some, I assume, are good people. So 
Governor, you know, the folks who are his critics are saying he showed us who he was in those comments over two years ago. At least he's consistent. He hasn't changed. Should, and people shouldn't be surprised by his behavior today. They expected it all along. What do you take? What issue do you take with him by saying just what he said? The fact of the matter is, being a border governor, we know that we're not getting the best that what Mexico can send to us. We know that the drug cartels are down there. We know that the rapists are coming across, and then they go to sanctuary cities, and then they head back, and then they come back here again. You know, this is America. The American people ought to be protected also. And I'll let you respond to that as, as rhetoric. As a Latina, I'll, again, I'll again, uh, <laughs> again, Don, uh, life is too short for me to respond uh, to something like that. What I will say is that it, you're exactly right. He showed us during the campaign over and over and over who he was. We saw him boast about sexual predatory behavior. We, we heard him attack Judge Curiel. We heard him attack the cons. We heard him attack Mexicans. We heard him attack women. Over and over and over again, he showed us who he was. But Republicans, so many Republicans, look, I have friends here in Miami who voted for him because he was going to change Cuba policy, and he did. But that's not enough. That is not enough because the harm he is causing this country is just too great to look the other way. And many people thought that when he entered the Oval Office, he would become presidential, that the magnitude of his office would make him change and become a presidential figure. Well, six and a half months have gone by, seven months have gone by. You don't change a 71-year-old man. He yeah. is not going to change. And it is time that Republicans start realizing stop. that and, and stop giving him a damn chance. He's not going to change. He will continue embarrassing us and making us feel ashamed. Yeah, he's not Governor, going to change. Governor, you're I, okay I with that. everything he said today? I am, I am, from everything that I heard, I don't have a problem with it. But the fact of the matter is, is that all of this rhetoric is all sour grapes because it's just continually <laughs> coming through um, the networks. Uh, across our country, and he was duly elected. He is uh, the president of the United States, and for people to use some of the verbiage that they've used, Anna is in a Republican, a longtime Republican, by the way. Our... I understand that. I... Now you've lost my. I lost. You said my that. So, you Bottom said it's is, destroying. He's our president. We need to. Pardon. I was just trying to help you complete your thought. <laughs> It's just, it's, it's, he doesn't have a thought. It comes across, it sincerely comes across that everybody's candidate didn't win, so they just want to go after the president on every little issue. There's code words, there's dog whistles, there's, you know, this and this, that. I mean, my God, I've lived, again, a long time, and I've never, ever seen uh, part of our country behave in this manner to this extent. It's over the top, and it's disturbing. And so many There are people who are watching, Governor, uh, who will say that they, they sounds like you're talking about Donald Trump and those people who are out there with torches the other night. Well, those are bad people. Those are bad, bad people. I mean, nobody is going to say that the Ku Klux Klan <laughs> carrying tiki lights are good people. Nobody should say that. The well, president said is, that today. Is, he said there were some good people let, let me just Let me just say this. All right, cut it off.
Great, great, great. Bye-bye. I'm the George Robert Jr. Show.